Hello and good day, eh? Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. My name is Pamela. I'm Tim. And we are from supergoodcamping.com. We are here because we are on a mission to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids. Our guest today is an outdoor adventurer that chronicles said adventures via blogging, photography, freelance writing, and videos. She has a real knack for taking great tourism and travel style pictures as evidenced by the fact that she has been hired by organizations like Ontario Parks and Northeastern Ontario tourism to take pictures for them. She has written articles, blog posts, taken pictures for many travel and tourism organizations, including Ontario Parks and Explore Magazine. Most importantly, she loves to be outside as often as she can be. Please welcome Josie Dinsmore. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. So right out of the gate, I want to know how, how do you get on the board of the directors for the discovery route trails like how does that how does that happen um so i actually just ended my term um a few weeks ago um i decided not to go for a second term just because i have a bunch of other things going on but um basically i had at least three people who recommended that i go on that board because they knew that i was very um active on some of the area trails and that, um, you know, I was out there biking uh, the bike routes, I was out there hiking. And then also, you know, I was very enthusiastic and uh, passionate about, you know, local outdoor places, um, because Discovery Routes, basically, it's like a kind of a uh, an organization that helps with local trails kind of uh, in the lower northeastern Ontario area, and then kind of like above Muskoka. Okay. So it's kind of in that range. Yeah. So um, we just, uh, we discussed different projects they were working on and came up with ideas and um, they help um, raise funds or get funding for different um, groups that want to do trail work. So um, yeah, it was really, it was really neat to be a part of that and to, to help out with some of their, um, their projects and their discussions. Yeah. So that's, that's how that happened. A bunch of people are like, Hey, you should probably check that out. And do uh, thing. Might, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was nice. I might like, rejoin it later on if I, I find I have time uh, another year or something, but um, yeah. So like stewardship for the, for the trails, helping to, maintain them and make sure that they're well kept and or just actually yeah, planning yeah. out planning out the routes for trails um they actually they actually do help with that like th- they'll do a whole bunch of different things sometimes like a township will approach them and say you know we want to create this trail um on an old rail bed uh through our area can you help us out with some funding or how we go about doing that so yeah all sorts of things um and then they create a website where they put all the information from all of the area trails onto so people have kind of one website they can go to to find everything so yeah and it's not just hiking it's bike routes uh they have some canoe routes uh snowshoeing cross-country skiing kind of anything that uh and they actually i think they do a little bit of motorized too a little bit of like atv and snow but it's mostly the non-motorized that they focus on uh, it's great great to know that things like that are out there like it's yeah, yeah down here in southern ontario it's about it's about running bicyclists over that's how that plays yeah yeah i've heard a lot about that yeah <laughs> that, yeah sad, sad but true yeah. yep okay so because you're you're an outdoors gal what kind of what kind of outdoors things would tell us some of your favorites like in a in a camping sense in a just in a daily sense so my favorites are hiking and biking or right at like i can't decide between the two really which i like the best i have been doing a lot more biking uh in recent years because we kind of been doing some new stuff with that 
But um, for winter, it's mostly cross-country skiing and more hiking. Um, I don't have snowshoes or I'd probably be into that. <laughs> um, it's on snowshoes, fat bike, all on my list of many things I want to buy. Um, you know, that long gear list that you got to uh, slowly work through. Um, I also, um, a few years back, I started getting into canoeing a little. So I still consider myself kind of a beginner in that, but I'm really, um, really enjoying uh starting to get out to some local lakes and rivers. I used to do a lot of camping years ago with my family. And then uh, for a few different reasons, we kind of got out of it. And now in the last couple of years, we've been slowly getting back into it again, which has been really nice. So we've been doing some car camping. Um, I also did some kind of bike trip camping, which is a, a whole other category. And then on top of that, I guess kind of an outdoor activity for me is photography. It's kind of something that I don't necessarily go out specifically to do. It just happens on every single outdoor adventure I go on. You know, I have the camera or the phone or the GoPro or something. And I'm one of those people that really like to document things, whether it's writing or photography. So, yeah, there's always tons and tons of pictures taken. Um, and now I'm trying to get into video a little bit, too, which is kind of fun. So, um yeah, so those are some of my main uh, outdoor activities that I like. Um, and then just traveling in general. Um, I always like to go to different Ontario parks or conservation areas, historic sites, and uh, check out stuff like that. Yeah, so kind of those are some of the main things. Okay, that's a pretty wide. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I, I'm not one of these. I'm not one of these people that's kind of like um, like I'm not strictly you know a canoeing person or or a cyclist. Like I kind of like a bunch of different stuff, and that's part of the reason why when I was coming up for uh, a name for my social media when I first created this, I thought, well, it can't. I don't want anything too specific because I do everything. So I that's why I thought adventures with Josie because it's any adventure I go on will be covered by that title so yeah who knows so, yeah. We're, we're, we're going here today yeah. we're going there today we're doing it this way we're doing it that yeah yeah cool that's well it's a good that it's I like the title period and and that's a that's a smart move because if you you know even if you're not into something so so bike camping certainly for me actually I think it might be your fault that I started to research it oh okay uh, <laughs> possibly mm -hmm. It's fault is wrong term. Like I would never have thought about bike camping in the grand scheme of things, just because yeah. I, I, a million years ago, roughly, uh, I tried to camp on, with a, on a motorcycle and mm. it's like, where am I? I can't, I need way too much stuff behind yeah. me, but I can't take that stuff. So nope. it, it didn't play out well. <laughs> Let's use that as a segue. Tell me about how do you go about bike camping? What do you, you have to strip things down. It has to be, you have to be thinking about like hiking where everything it has to be small. It has to be light. It has to be all those things. I make the assumption. Tell me how that plays out for you. Yeah. So we actually, um, in 2022, we did our first ever two bike trips. Um, and so like I did a lot of, I did a lot of research on what other people were bringing. Um, and then when it comes down to it, it's kind of completely up to you what you're willing to bring with you how much weight you're you're willing to it's like it's no different it's actually very similar to canoe tripping or backpacking you have the little amount of space you have in your packs that you can carry except you know on a bike it's the packs are usually on the bike and you know you have to be very careful you want you know a small tent uh you want like you know 
sleeping bags, lightweight stuff, limited clothing. Like you don't want to bring like your whole uh, wardrobe with you. <laughs> and um, uh, even with food, you know, you want to bring um, like dehydrated stuff, things that don't need to be refrigerated. Yeah. And so it's, it all depends what kind of space you have on your bike too. If you have larger bags, you can bring more if you want. And then there's some people who they go extremely lightweight and they'll have just one little bag they'll throw a sleeping bag and a sleeping pad and they'll just sleep under the stars um when we went we had a little bit more stuff i want you know a little bit more comfortable um but yeah so it's basically uh very similar to to um like hiking uh backpacking or canoe tripping the same kind of idea except you're not you don't physically have it on your back like you're not walking with all this weight on your back but it's still on the bike and it's still you know the more weight you have on your bike the more difficult it is going to be to go up hills and to ride on uh rougher like gravel roads so yeah that's kind of uh a little bit how you go about it you think in that kind of a lighter weight camping type type mindset cool so like uh, uh correct me when i pronounce it in incorrectly pan pannier pannier bags yes okay cool. yeah so the so what we used, um, because that's what we already had, uh, we did the pannier bags. So you'll have a rack on the back of the bike behind the seat, and it kind of goes over the back tire, and they kind of clip on to each side of the rack, and then you can fill them up with, you know, whatever. And um, if they're waterproof, they might have the roll top, similar to a dry bag. And um, yeah, so some people have a trunk bag that will sit on top of the rack. Some people have a, a seat bag, which is a big kind of long bag that sticks out from the back under the seat. Um, there's also, you know, your handlebar bags at the front. I have a couple of, they're called feed bags where they attach to the uh, the stem area of the bike. And they're kind of, they look like cup holders in a way. I usually put a water bottle in one. And so those are right in front of you. So, and then of course there's tube bags, there's frame bags, all sorts of different options. Yeah, it's really neat if you go online and you look up like uh, bike packing setups and you see all of the different ways that people have outfitted their bikes. And some people are making homemade gear and, and setting it up and other people have all the, you know, high tech bags. And uh, yeah, so it's it's cool to see what people are doing. And, and uh, yeah, so we had, when we did our trips, we had uh, some panniers already, which it helps because, you know, we didn't have to go buy anything new. But we did find that our bags were a little bit small for what we needed to bring. So at the end of this uh, last year, I actually did buy some larger panniers that um, I'll be trying out this year. So that'll be a lot nicer to, you know, to fit a bit more stuff, but then also so things aren't shoved in so tight because... Uh, how tight I had my bag packed last year. If I wanted to get anything out, it was awful trying to pull everything out and then shove it back in. So I have a little bit more space to work with this year. So you can drag as much as you want. You just way more, way, way less fun pedaling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's actually surprising when, when we went out for the first time, which was just a short overnight trip, I was surprised once I got on the bike, how the weight kind of disappeared and I forgot sometimes that I had that amount of stuff on the bike. Um, and when, when I noticed it more was when I was getting on or off the bike because the the balance is completely wrong and I almost fell a few times getting on or off of it. But when I was actually on it and going, you know, on a level surface, you just kind of like, oh, I forgot. I have like a whole load of a whole tent and things back there. So uh, yeah, I was really surprised. Was it a long bike to get to where you're going camping? 
So the first trip we did, uh, the distance was only about 44 kilometers. We biked from, yeah, I know. Well, actually, no, four years ago, four years ago, 44 kilometers was way more than we had ever ridden. Um, Yeah, so, but um, a lot has happened in the last four or so years with us with biking. But um, yeah, so we actually biked from our little town, which is north of uh, Algonquin Park, and we rode to the Kios campground in the north of Algonquin Park, and we spent the night there. And then we rode home the next day. And so that was our first little... um, test that uh, uh like a bike trip like a bike packing so yeah it was pretty neat yeah i don't think 44 kilometers would be a test run for me <laughs> i think that'd yeah. be probably a heart attack but whatever <laughs> that's cool uh, and mm-hmm. i imagine i suppose if you had some experience with it i the immediate picture that came to mind was like logging roads you know that the that but not yeah. you know crappy dirt gravel lots of mud puddles all that sort of jazz are you already experienced in that because you because you live in a more northern community or it was that a bit of a ooh this is fun you know like a learning the learning curve um well actually we're used to um some rough roads around here because there's all, all the area where we live there's all sorts like there's pavement there's gravel roads there's some trails we kind of do a bit of everything but actually that route was mostly paved it's actually a paved road all the way from the highway highway 17 into Kios. oh nice so um it actually was a fairly easy like we weren't um we weren't completely in the middle of nowhere on that route so that was one of the reasons we chose that route because we were very familiar with it we had biked it before um and we weren't completely isolated so if we needed help you know there was going to probably be someone driving by the probably the worst of it was that you lose phone service maybe so many kilometers north of algonquin you lose phone service so we knew at a certain point you know we're not calling for help we're on our own but um yeah so that we went for you know fairly easy uh route but yeah it's kind of neat there's all sorts of like with the bike packing you could go anywhere you could ride down some logging road miles and miles into the middle of nowhere and then just pull over you know and uh set up camp we're not really into that yet we'll probably stay more in the actual campgrounds for a while but um yeah i know people who they'll just go anywhere with their bikes and just crazy trails and logging roads and all sorts of things cool Cool. Well, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's again, because it's your fault. I started researching and I, I, yeah. I there's this guy and I, I, I'm chagrined that I'm completely blanking on him. He, he, he likes to build things in his backyard and he built, mm-hmm. he built an e-bike and he built oh, okay. a trailer to go on said mm-hmm. e-bike at like yeah. a teardrop type deal. Uh, with a whole battery pack, the the thing that I it's like my camera gear box, which is m- far too large. He used the same thing, but he used it to pack his batteries into. Mm-hmm. And and what a cool setup! And that's what yeah. that's what he does because he can get a hundred and change kilometers out of it, and and he he's he's off. It's a one man deal. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. I would get in trouble, you know, I'm not supposed to leave the family behind, but that would be a great thing to go and do. Yeah, we we actually seen a guy uh, this summer. He um, was parked um, in a local Ontario park. Um, we didn't meet him because he was inside somewhere at the time, but he had a bike, uh, kind of, I think it's the recumbent bike. Yep, where you, get, the, you, you sit down. down, you lay down almost. Yeah, yep. and he had these panniers on it, but then he had a whole solar panel along the whole top 
like a roof. And um, I ended up, he had like social media on a sign on the back and I ended up looking it up and he was from France or some kind of thing like that. And he was going like around the world. But yeah, that was really interesting because he had like a whole whole solar panel right across uh, the bike. Um, and uh, yeah, it's really neat. People just, they come up with all these cool ideas. It's not just, you know, normal bikes with everybody's got the same bags. Like people are just... And then there's, um, yeah, the people have trailers. Some of them have bags at the front. Yeah, it's just <laughs> all sorts of cool things. That's cool. Well, and solar, pan solar panels is a great, great idea. A, yeah. especially if you e-bike or you've got, you know, all your electronics to charge mm -hmm. and, and it's giving you UV Shelter. protection at the same time. That's yeah, fabulous. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm using the sun and I'm blocking the sun. It's, there's a thing in there. You don't use e-bikes though. You're, you're, you're pedaling. Yeah, we're actually pedaling. Um, I had a mountain bike, just, you know, cheap mountain bike for many years. And then um, a couple years ago, I upgraded to a gravel bike um, because gravel bikes are designed to be, they're good on pavement. They're good on some gravel. They can even do a little trail. So that really helped in uh, the longer distances that we were doing. I was able to do it, have an easier ride because, um, you know, mountain bikes, they have such a big tread and different size tires and everything and that can really slow you down um so now i'm able to go a lot faster and easier cool i didn't even know they had gravel bikes no <laughs> yeah i i didn't actually either but a, a friend uh recommended it to me and so i looked into them i said yeah i think that's what i need because where we live a road bike would be no good because you can go out you know you can go out your door and be on pavement for a few kilometers and all of a sudden you have to hit a gravel road to get to the next stretch of pavement um so you definitely want something that's going to be able to uh, handle all of the different uh you know types of road that you're going to run into around here because you know we're in northern ontario and so there's all sorts of uh stuff yeah so that was a that was really nice to upgrade to a bike like that um because now i'm enjoying it a lot more yeah it's better it's it's always better to like what you're doing as opposed to feel like you're working it you know what i mean yeah yeah cool uh you have a cool bike story about somebody you were following yes how about her um so yeah i'll see where i'm gonna start so there is a woman on a, it's a kind of a long story i'll try and keep it short um there's a woman that i started following last winter or so um and her social media and youtube is called wheels on a bike her name is Agnieszka, and she's from Toronto. And uh, shortly after I started following her on YouTube, she announced that she was going to be doing a cross-Canada bike trip. And I'm like, oh, cool, I got to follow this, because, you know, that kind of stuff, I just, I love following that um, online. So started following her uh, pretty, like, every day on Instagram, seeing where she was. And um, I knew that most people who cross Canada are going to do, you know, Trans-Canada, Highway 17. Um, especially through this area because there is no other option. So I thought, oh, that'd be really cool when she comes through town here in, in Mattawa, Ontario, you know, if I could, you know, go and say hi to her. And so I had sent her a message on Instagram. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, like when you're coming through town or getting closer, you know, let me know and uh, I'll come out and say hi. And uh, so anyways, probably about maybe about uh, a week before I was following, like, I was following along, and I'm like, man, she's going really fast now. Like, she was starting to get, like, as you get biking, you get your legs going and muscles going, 
you're able to do a lot more distance in one day. And so she was starting to do these like a hundred and like 30 or plus days, um, like kilometers. And so I thought, oh no, I think she's going to be passing through town when I'm actually not home. Cause I was going to be going away for a few day camping trip. So anyways, I found out sure enough, the exact time she would be passing through my town, we wouldn't be here. And I'm like, oh no, you know, that's, too bad. But then I found out the day that we would be driving home and we would be coming from the Ottawa direction, she would be heading out of town towards the Ottawa direction. So I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to cross paths here. So I thought, okay, I we will watch for you when we're driving. And she sent me a little link to her, um, her like little GPS tracker. Right. Um, and I thought, hey, uh, yeah, because she didn't have a public one, but she was sending it out to some, some people um, for, you know, security reasons. Yep. And, um, so anyways, that day came and we are on our way home. We were actually over in the um, kind of Ottawa Valley area. We were at uh, Bonchere Provincial Park. So we were coming from that direction. So we were going along and I was keeping an eye on her tracker. And she was, um, you know, so many kilometers away from Mattawa coming towards us. And then I noticed there was one spot where she had kind of stopped for a long time. And I thought, oh, that's kind of weird. And I thought, oh, maybe she's taking a break. And then uh, we stopped and we went into a restaurant to have supper. And we came out and then all of a sudden her tracker had jumped like way ahead, like, you know, and her speed was like the speed of like a vehicle, not like the speed of like a bike. You know, you can you can go fast on a bike, but not that fast. Like this was like 80, 90 kilometers an hour. And I'm like, okay, that's something's weird. And then I noticed the tracker was a bit delayed. So I was getting it kind of like after the fact. And then um, then I noticed that the tracker had passed where we were. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, we never seen a bike going by. Something was wrong. And I thought she's got to be in a vehicle, which that started to concern me too. Why is she in a vehicle or something? If she's doing um, bike and then, yep. Yeah. And then so I went back to the tracker and I noticed in the spot where she had stopped for quite a while, there was a new little red flag that had popped up and it said accident. And so right away, I'm like, oh, no, did she get did something happen? So we kept driving along. So we were actually getting closer to like our area where we live. And um, we were watching the tracker to see where the exact spot. And um, we got closer. And then right when we got to the exact spot along the highway where the marker was, looked over in the ditch and there was her bike laying there in the ditch. She wasn't around. Just, and I was like, I think it really, it really like shook me up. I'm like, oh my gosh. And the only words that came out of my mouth was like, that's her bike. That's her bike. That's her bike. Like I was just uh, freaked out by it. Um, and I knew it was her bike because I had like followed her the last how many months and seen that bike. And I, you know, I knew that bike exactly what it looked like. So we actually stopped and we all got out. Like I was with my whole family. We all got out and we walked over and the bike was laying there. Um, everything was like all of her belongings were like all pulled out from bags, scattered all about. And there was police tape wrapped around the bike and then over around a uh, signpost. And we're just like, oh my gosh, what happened? We didn't know like if she had been in an accident and had got hurt. We didn't know if like someone had kidnapped her or something. Like you, you don't know like on uh, Transcan Highway. But we figured she'd probably gotten an accident, although there didn't seem to be much damage on the bike. So, anyways, it was quite, it was quite something to, um, you know, you're following someone 
on social media for months and then all of a sudden there's their bike right in front of you in that situation so it was it was like you know shocking i sent her a message right away you know of course didn't hear anything back and uh we had to get going though because we had to keep going home and we felt so awful especially me and my mom because it's me and my mom who um do the biking together and we felt awful leaving her bike there on the side of the road we were almost tempted to like pick it up and take it home um because like you know when you go out on these bike trips like and um that's your life right there is the bike and everything on it and we just felt so awful leaving it there on the side of the road but with the police tape and everything you know we didn't want to touch anything um so we left it and then uh yeah so the whole whole rest of the way home we're just like oh my gosh what happened finally a few hours later she actually answered me back on instagram and she was in the hospital in um i think it was pembroke right and uh yeah, so I was glad. I'm like, oh, good. She sent me a message. Not good. She's in the hospital. But um, so what happened is she had been going up a hill and somehow, I don't know if she was partially on the pavement at that time, a car had hit her from behind. Luckily, she had quite large panniers on her bike and the pannier took kind of the brunt of where the car hit and then it knocked her over into the ditch. And she had, um, you know, she was quite scratched and bruised up, but nothing was broken she hadn't like hit her head or anything so she was very very lucky they kept her like you know in the hospital overnight um but yeah she was really really lucky because um i think that highway is like 90 kilometers an hour the speed limit or something oh geez yeah so and actually um the paramedics who had picked her up uh they went back later and picked up her bike and then brought it back to the hospital for her yeah, that was quite, it was quite an experience to, to see that. Um, and then the whole story, and especially for me and my mom, because this was exactly a week before we would be going on our first multi-day bike trip. And it was, it was going to be like a four, just a four day bike trip, not across Canada, but it was kind of like, oh, wow, you know, that's quite a thing to see um, when you're going to be heading out on roads yeah so you know a lot to think about but anyways if, to finish her story she went home her parents picked her up um she took it easy for a couple weeks you know got things kind of straightened around got she, i think she had to get a new bike tire but there wasn't a lot of other damage and she had to get a new bike bag because the car took care of the yeah it took care of the one bag and then she actually headed right back out on her bike and she kept going and she made it all the way to uh um to Newfoundland, and I forget what that point is called in Newfoundland. It's the most eastern uh, point. Yeah, with no, the lighthouse everybody too. goes to. Um, yeah, and she made it. And actually, when she arrived in Newfoundland, was like the day that the hurricane hit. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And then I forgot to add too, just to make her story more interesting. Um, she was in Saskatchewan the day that they had all those tornadoes in the summer too. So. <laughs> But, uh, I, I'd take that personally, I think. It's following me yeah. around, man. But yeah, so that was that was quite an experience um to follow her and then to see like the, the whole bike uh incident to the accident. But yeah. So that was kind of it was really weird because um we didn't actually get to meet her, but we felt like we got to know her through that seeing her bike. Yeah, that's certainly a, yeah. a path path crossing. Wow. Well, I'm I mean I'm glad she's okay and stuff that's that could go badly we I, I, again here in toronto it goes badly yeah. often i it's, think it was makes me sad i 
I think it was really important, though, that she actually got back out on her bike and decided to complete the trip. Because um, I think that's probably, if you don't get back out there, you're probably not, it's going to be more difficult to get back out there later. It's probably scary after that happens, but it was probably really good that she did. But um, yeah, so if anyone wants to check out uh, her story, uh, like she's on social media, she's on, uh, well, YouTube, she's been slowly posting videos from the trip. So it's her hers is called Wheels on a Bike. So yeah, I'd recommend checking that out if you're into biking or just interested in the story. Well, cool. Yeah, I, and a great story. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly tag it in the, what do we call it? The footer? No. Is it the footer? Yeah, there's there's stuff. We can tag stuff to the to the podcast. Thank you so much to our special guest, Josie with Dinsmore. Please do check her out on all the social media. She's Adventures with Josie. And please do check us out too. We are on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and we would love to hear from you. Our email address is hi at supergoodcamping.com. That's H-I at supergoodcamping.com. I'm Pamela. I'm Tim. And we are from supergoodcamping.com. Please do listen again soon. Bye. Bye.